When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Taiko Yoshioka Braid is a Japanese war bride whose late husband Noel Braid served in New Zealand's occupation forces in post-war Japan. In 1945, aged just 13, Taiko survived a moment of history that changed the world forever. Kolinda Chanwai Earl Aho, and in this week's Eyewitness, I meet one of the last survivors of the atomic bombing of Hiroshima. So far, we haven't touched upon the atom bomb city in any of our programmes. So today, I thought perhaps we could hear the views of three Kiwis who recently looked around the ruined waste that was Hiroshima. Just after 8 o'clock on a summer morning, August 6, 1945, the American B-29 bomber, Enola Gay, dropped the little boy, the world's first atomic bomb, over the Japanese city of Hiroshima. The blast wiped out 90% of the city, and the death toll may have been as high as 146,000. Fifteen months later, almost jovially, soldiers serving in New Zealand's J-Force with the British Commonwealth Occupation Forces in post-war Japan chat with the New Zealand National Broadcasting Service. To me, the most impressive thing was that all this damage had been done by one bomb. Just one bomb. I born in Hiroshima. Now the places are a peace park. What does Taiko mean? Um... Taiko means funny girl. Taiko Yoshioka Braid is one of New Zealand's last surviving Japanese war brides. In 1950, while translating and singing for a living, the 18-year-old met Noel Braid, a soldier with the New Zealand K-Force stationed in Kure, Hiroshima. They married in 52, and four years later, Taiko followed Noel home to Hastings. She's lived there ever since with their six children and many grandchildren. She's 86 now. My father always said, I have to learn English and Chinese because um, when, you are tra- when he was travelling, that's the three languages very necessary. Taiko was born in 1931, the eldest of six. Her father, a high-ranking official serving in Kure with the Japanese Navy, was killed when his boat was torpedoed. So he had an you know, idea of something for me to stand on my own. At the age of 12, Taiko became head of the family, scratching a living to support her sick mother and five younger brothers. That was really terrible. And at the time, um, my mother thought not very safe in the Kure, so we shifted to my mother's sister's place in Takihara. Takihara is 60 kilometres from central Hiroshima, or three train stops. Um, bomb went on the Kure. And uh, when we come back, it's nothing there. So by the time that bomb had dropped in Kure, your father was dead. So your yeah, father yeah. died when, when you were 12, mm. and then the bomb dropped just before your 14th birthday. Mm. This is daughter Sonia supporting her mum as Taiko shares her extraordinary story. Trauma before the, the atomic bomb dropped for you to have to deal with. Well, I was at the um, second stage of the high school learning how to make a kimono, and I went... Like that, and so everybody rushed into, oh, another bomb. 
It's not the another bomb. It's a totally different type of very sharp, very very. A blinding white light that covered the sky. Intense heat. The next thing, my headmaster been told that something terribly happened in Hiroshima. If you have any relation. Um, you have to collect all that, the blankets and futon. And the mattresses and, mm. and food and And you whatever. have a spear, take to Hiroshima to see how they are. The day that the bomb dropped, basically they spent the whole day in Takihara trying to get things together, so food. We don't know how bad they were. So, you know, whatever, have food and clothing on a truck. And so the next day, mum and her mum went into Hiroshima to look for family. Because mm. mum's lost her cousin and their family. As they walked into the city, they passed thousands of wounded people streaming out. And everybody was blood covered and some of them were like just, it was terrible. Or dying where they lay. I have seen people, we can't see anything because um, blood was falling out of the eye and the skin was just hanging on the bodies and it's it just very difficult to explain the, what so many people, no clothes, uh, you know, hanging on the bodies and, and uh, some of them so hot and the heat from burnt and walk into the sea and, uh, you know, seawater, it's a salty water and they are so sore. But they have to go somewhere. But then I don't have anything on the hand to help them the way they were. So they kept searching for family. And they found him, his mum's cousin, but the families, they had a wife and a son and daughter living not very far from the centre of Hiroshima. So they just disappeared. So Literally. And, when we found mum found the cousin and he was burnt and red all over the place and have a little bit of clothes stuck on her bodies and she don't recognise for a while. And they had nothing to treat them with. Nothing. Mm. I think he died maybe ten days after he had the bomb, but he couldn't talk, he couldn't say anything. And mum was very upset because he was one of his favourites. <laughs> Uh, Takehara high, the Girls High School, maybe one class went to Hiroshima to making a uniform for a soldier. I think we found about four, and the rest of them, we don't know where they died or anything. One of the survivors came back and he, she was a doctor's uh, daughter, and somebody told them soy sauce would be better cool down and put on its salt. It's not helping. She screamed. She was the worst one i ever seen. I think she died in 10 days after. And the old young ladies uh, disappeared. They've all gone. Mm. This was your high school too. This yes. was your school. Yes. And Come mum on. would say that when they went to Hiroshima and walking down the street... Mm. It, more I see the dead people or children, I'm hot, I'm hot. And some of them, you know, it just awful. You can't explain how bad they are and some of them are under the um, beam and they can't get out, want to get out, mm-hmm. but parents are dead and nearby and it was, you know, when you think about how many young people have passed away, 
But remember when when you were walking along the street and your mother told you not to look down. Yeah. Because she was mm. walking on people. Maybe on dead people. And 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 your um your getter got sticky. Mm. Yeah. And that was from getter. It's a wooden uh, foot footwear. And uh, summertime, especially, you don't have to wear socks or anything. So wear that. And when you walk around, you're not careful. It will stick onto the people's bodies. And uh, once you're stuck on the, um, that sort of thing, it won't come out. So mum always, when we are rocking for the um, her friends and relatives, she said, watch your foot. And, of course, it was summer, so mm. it was hot. So yeah. there were flies, yeah. and flies breed maggots. Mm. And so people were having maggots growing yeah. out of their skin. Mm. It's just mm. Dead bodies, uh, you know, with maggots come out. It's very difficult to explain what's like actually happened. And, you know, that little bomb dropped up in the sky and then caused that many problems and trouble and burn and, you know, sadness. And it's, I never, ever want to see that happen. Never, ever want to. So many people died. I don't even know how many died. Hmm. I never want to see that kind of things again in anywhere in world. Sonia, how is it for you to hear your mum describe these things? You um, don't breathe in the beginning, <laughs> like anybody else. It's actually else. really emotional. Mm. Yeah. yeah, because when I was um, 10, we went to Hiroshima and luckily then we didn't go to the, the, into the, the, um, the, the museum. The bomb site. That's, yeah. Mm. Um, it took me another 15 years to go there and it's just so confronting just seeing the shadows of people on the concrete that they were people and to hear you know, the intellectual discussion that goes on about it and you were talking about people and you were talking about war and it's just it, it's it's so personal and trying to make sense of how people can do that to somebody else and not just once, twice and now we're in another situation where there is still the potential for nuclear war and it's it's frightening. Mm. It's frightening when you've had it in your family and you are living far away from it and you think that it could all happen again. It's scary. When Taiko arrived in New Zealand in 1956, her story was met with disbelief. When you tried to describe what had happened in Hiroshima, when you tried to tell people, people didn't believe you? Not much. They just, uh, um, oh yes, that sort of answer. Mm. Have seen the picture, that, that sort of answer. Don't know how to explain how terrible things happen if a bomb dropped. Taiko, you are a really precious eyewitness. Well, some people think so. I'm not right to die. Keep talking. <laughs> mm. Yes, because, you know, one by one, people dying. I think that's why it keeps me living and things, you know, I've got to remember to tell people, don't do that again. And Hiroshima Day will be commemorated on August 6th this year. And you can hear more of Taiko's story about her life as a Japanese war bride in Voices. Just go to the podcast page at radionz.co.nz where you can listen and subscribe.
And Eyewitnesses also on the RNZ app. Or you can subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify or any podcast app. This Eyewitness was produced by me, Linda Chanwai Earl, and the engineer was Phil Benge. Ko Linda Chanwai Earl aho. Kakitiano. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.